0: It is October 1st, 2019. This is episode 14 of Rich's Tale Talk. I am your host, David Newton. And this is part one of a two-part episode where I interview Bob Stiles and Gary Laws. I went down to the Hydroplane Race Bump Museum last August and I talked with both of them. I talked to Bob about his years owning the Squire Shop business as well as the Hydroplane Racing Team as well as with the 79 Squire Shop Hydroplane Restoration happening right now. And I also talked with Gary Laws about his background in Hydroplane Racing. And how he and his family got the restoration process started for the seventy nine Squire shop, and his involvement right now. I hope you're comfortable. Sit back, relax, and welcome to Rooster Tail Talk. I'm sitting here with Gary Laws and Bob Styles. We're down at the Hydroplane Raceboat Museum. Talking about the Squire shops and um, a bit about hydroplane history. I appreciate both of you being here today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You've both been around the sport for a while, quite few a few years, while. <laughs> quite a while. And one thing with the show, I like to talk about hydroplane memories and just kind of hydroplane nostalgia. So I was wondering if you had a first memory or a favorite memory of around hydroplane racing you'd want to share before we well, get too deep into this. Uh, uh,
1: Stan Sears was a close friend of the family and our our total families. And, uh, so Stan one time uh, had, after the race they were doing, out on Monday they were doing some trial run just before they closed the whole course and down on those days, and he had an extra seat, and he said, Bob, you want in? <laughs> How does any kid to 14 years old, or 13 years old say no? And jumped in, and they had a thrill going around, and I always had enough thrill of it anyway, we watched them since the uh, 50s, and, and uh, so it uh, stayed with me. Uh, later on, when we got into business, uh, it was something I thought would be exciting for employees. So Yeah. It, it, I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Well, I do still you, do enjoy it. Oh, good, good.
0: Well, Stan, he was pretty generous
1: with rides with yeah, his bill, well, wasn't he? 100-mile-an-hour club. Yeah
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And quite a few people still have their card. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Did you get a card for that? Yes, I did. You still have it?
1: I somewhere, all oh, my memory <laughs> thinks for that goes back about uh, seventy years ago, okay. almost so. yeah, it's A couple yeah. it's 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 in the box somewhere, <laughs>
0: very fun, yeah, well, how about you, Gary?
2: uh you know, I thought long and hard about this answer, and I've had a lot of great experiences in the last few years met a lot of great people but um I would say my favorite memory has nothing to do with an actual event, like a seafair or whatnot mm-hmm. but uh, it would be with uh, recovering that cowling from the lake, the engine cowling lost many years ago. And yeah. uh, it was so cool in the fact of not that we found it and all the work going into it, but got to hang out with Chip. Yeah, he was there with you too. Yeah, yeah, for hours, I man. You couldn't put that on a bucket list. No, he's a that great was, guy. That was awesome. Yeah, But the, but he, he did that part of his show, right? The yeah. Like he, the, he The boat guy? We reached out to him. Yeah. We were uh getting ready to go do this and expressed interest in uh covering that, which we're so thankful he did, but yeah, he wanted to be involved, and he you know he came up with his crew and we filmed it and if anybody wants to check it out, you can find it on YouTube, but he was just as excited as we were, you know he's pulling on the ropes harder than us at times, you know, bringing that thing up so but just being there and that whole experience got to hang out with them. It's on the boat. He couldn't just leave.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs>
2: but, he stuck with you. Yeah, well, he was stuck. So yeah. it was it was a blast. Lost he lost
1: it. it, so he better go down and get it. Yeah, they it was a thousand feet down. <laughs> but, yeah, that was a, a lot of work to
2: do that. <clears throat> he's and a great guy. Capped yeah. it off. and gotten to hang out with Chip, so I really yeah. enjoyed that
1: time.
0: Yeah. Well, it's really cool. He was able to film that and, and make that part of his show.
1: Yep. Yeah. Because I didn't
0: know about that. You guys found that until I saw the show. I'm sure a lot of the other people found it that same way. It was a good way to document the whole experience. Yeah,
2: yeah. And, and little at the time did we know that would be his last show.
0: What we, was his last we show? We were the finale,
2: uh-huh. and it kind of just uh-huh. went away after that. So, I mean, it was, it was it was an honor for that, let alone, But and I think it's the most viewed episode of his entire show. Yeah. So wow. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Nice. nice.
0: Well, let's talk a bit more about that boat, the 79 Squire Shop. How did you decide that you wanted to restore this, and how did you go about requiring this haul?
2: So I'll start with the first part of that question, decide to restore it. Um, well, without getting too much into the history, um, my wife had an opportunity at one time as a youth to take a ride in this boat, and she, uh, for lack of a better word, chickened out, <laughs> and it didn't happen. And she'd tell me this story every year seafair of what could have been, with, you know, things like that, and... When the opportunity came up that this boat was available, at the time Bob had already gotten the other hole, the circus hole. and I really didn't know the history of either boat at that time, other than it was a squire and there was a circus, and you know I didn't know the nuts and bolts about it. But when I started going back and digging into it, I put back together what year was what and narrowed it down to that actual '79 hull okay. is when this happened. There was pictures of her getting that ride opportunity in 1980 so i was able to validate which boat it was and then i'm like thinking you know i think they got the wrong boat for that particular situation i said i think i want to try and maybe make that accurate i should say so um the, the boat came up and i found out that's the one that was available price was right got some people together and at that time we thought you know let's just go get this boat Donate the museum, and maybe something will become of it. You know, and at the worst case scenario, I figured, well, if the boat was a total loss, I could sell the trailer and make my money back. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't go me out anything.
0: anything. Yeah.
2: So that was the thought going in, and then it just kind of grew from there. It was, um, you know, Dan Walters came up one year at Seafair. We decided to wash up the boat and put it out on display, more or less just because we could. Yeah. Just It was just cool. We kind of geeked out. You know, we're like, let's just put it out in the yard and see what happens, you know. And uh, Dan Walters happened to come up there, former crew member, told me that story about the cowling, and it started from there. You know, went and looked for a part, brought it up, and kind of shocked everybody that we actually did it for one. And then um, you know, got in communication with Bob and got together, and we kind of made the decision of which boat we wanted to do, and just went from there.
0: Nice. Well, I remember one year you had your the cowling out in front of your house on display. I think you had it roped off. I snuck in there and got a picture of myself in the cockpit there, that was was, was pretty cool to to walk into Seafair and see that, though, on someone's lawn.
2: Yeah, we had had cleaned up the engine cowling at that point, kind of scrubbed it down with some oven cleaner, whatever we could to get 35 (laughs) plus years of mud and silt and all that off of it, you know, cleaned it up best we could. And during that time, from when we brought it up to that particular Seafair, we had acquired the driver's cowling from the circus. And some wings and other parts, we got them from Dave Bardish. Fortunately, he was uh, lucky enough to hang on to all these yeah. things, you know, or else we wouldn't have that. But yeah. we, we made a deal, and we got those parts. So we're like, you know, what the hell, let's just put them both together out there, do exactly what you did. <laughs> People sneak in there and get a quick picture, yeah. you know. But, yeah, yeah, it was just more or less to show everybody that, hey, we're doing this, and little by little, we're pulling pieces from all over the country, and
0: we yeah. saw a piece of it that day. Yeah. So Awesome. Well, many don't understand how much it takes to restore a boat like this. There's a lot of hours, a lot of finances. Um, Could you give us kind of a perspective on how much it takes to restore a hydroplane from sitting for, what, 25-plus years on a trailer to getting it ready to go out and and run again? Well,
2: I think a lot of it has to do with the the boat you're trying to restore itself. Does it have any sentimental value? Does it have... um It was a success, did it raise longevity, you know, was there popular names attached to it, you know, sponsor name, things like that. And just the fact that it was uh, Chip's first successful boat, first win he got Mm -hmm. was in that boat, and then the Squire Shop for Local Community is a big name, you know, back then. It had a lot of um, support behind the brand and the boat and the driver. So I think that was a good launching pad just on the history alone. Okay, uh, in terms of uh, the finances, you know, these things aren't cheap, you know. Uh, Money doesn't just pour in to a project. I mean, active teams have a hard time getting sponsorships. You can imagine a historic team. Right. Um, So something I was, I wouldn't say I was good at, I was fortunate at, was uh, going outside and uh, bringing in some money from other companies who were interested in supporting the project. You know, I'll be the first to tell you, I think it was my enthusiasm that won them over more than anything, but, and they kind of sucked them in. They wanted to help make this successful. Um, in terms of labor, yeah, no question. It's hours and hours, weeks and months to to do this. I mean, we've been on it three years now, and we've got another six, nine months to go. <laughs> yeah. You know, but we're taking great our time. Great bunch of guys. Brilliant. Yeah, great crew. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of experience, a lot of names people would know. Yeah. Tim Ramsey's and John Watkins, you know, Steve Compton, a number of other folks. Yeah. And some guys who have never even seen a boat. I mean, we had a guy in the crew, Brian Zimbleman, co-worker of mine, you know, and uh, he'd never been to a race, ever. Yeah. And he's in there at his first race, Seafair, here a few weeks or a week ago, and, and he's in there with the wrenches, in the trenches, <laughs> you know, throwing ropes out wow. to the driver. I mean, he's doing it all, and he had a blast. Couldn't, couldn't okay. you know, he couldn't take that smile off his face yeah. all weekend long, but.
0: That's awesome.
2: Yeah, a lot of new faces and a lot of seasoned veterans on the team, but no doubt takes a lot of time. Yeah. And a yeah. lot of time away from families yeah you know
0: so but the, the goal's in sight and we all want to see it be successful yeah. how, how long has this uh, process been and you said he, there's about nine months left to go to finish it but when did you start tearing the decks out start working on the boat do you remember the date
2: i want to say it was around <clears throat> november of uh 16 maybe 15 i want to say 16 okay somewhere around there it was towards Getting close to Thanksgiving Christmas time mm-hmm. when we started ripping into it. And man, I'm not gonna lie to you guys, man, that it was a pretty uh pretty ripe boat. Man, I mean yeah. it had thirty yeah. seven years of water sitting in there right. and rot and but was in really rough shape, you know. <clears throat> yeah. And we did the best we could with salvaging what we can, but it's
1: it's gonna look beautiful. It, yeah, the oh, end yeah, result is gonna
2: look good. immaculate. It's gonna go you know that I run Yeah, it looks
0: beautiful right now. Yeah. The state absolutely. it's in. Yeah. I Definitely mean, have a lot of great talent working on that boat. Absolutely. Yeah. Make
2: no mistake about
0: it, we tried to save every little sliver yeah, of wood we could yeah. out of that boat. So. Yeah. Do, uh, I know that you had to take the cockpit off. Do you still have the cockpit that was? It ran with last? Oh, the, yeah. The, so it last
2: ran as the uh, Ray, uh, Thorsman Jerry Hop boat mm-hmm. called Thor Racing, mm-hmm. amongst other names, race to race. But yeah, we still have it outside. So. We've always talked about if uh, somebody really wanted to get ambitious, they could restore both boats, and you'd have kind of a paradox there, there because <laughs> we still have the wings, you know, the, um, the, the yeah, the wing, the fairing, the cockpit. Yeah. Um, engine cowling, so if somebody wanted to build a boat, slap yeah. those on, or you'd call yeah. them both, I guess.
1: But we bought <laughs> hey. two, we had one boat that we bought, and then Gary bought this one, yeah. or merged, Okay, merged together, and yeah. Else. Yeah. yeah, and we
2: have the Circus, too, that Bob bought, and we're kind of taking what we can from that and put into this boat. Okay. We want to
0: have the best squire we can, Yeah, yeah.
1: and we will, well, and, and that's yeah, what will. we're doing.
0: So. Well, it's kind of fun, because I mean, that, that boat was a squire shop at one point that's as right. well, so right. it's... Yeah. Mixing both blends together, very mm-hmm. cool. Well, maybe you can put that canopy in front of your house one year at Sea fair and I can kind of sneak in and get a picture. I think the <laughs> plan for that canopy
2: outside is they might make uh, some kind of—I wouldn't say a toy, but like a a mock uh, simulator photo op type thing for the yeah. museum. Oh. You know, okay. I think that's the plan. Yeah,
0: that sounds cool. But. But you're happy with the progress so far in the restoration? Oh,
2: Absolutely. I, yeah, yeah, I couldn't be any more happier. I mean, it looks Absolutely. beautiful out there. Yeah. You know? And there's
1: the team is so dedicated to the boat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's not just
2: like mechanics
0: or just like typical crew guys. we
2: got craftsmen out there. Yeah. I mean, it's a work of art what they're doing. So I encourage anyone to take a look before
0: we button it up. Yeah. Well, how would people be able to help out on the project like this? Is there... Any way that they can help, either monetarily or with their time,
1: um,
2: both work just as well. Uh, monetary is always a good thing; it speeds up the process. You know, we can get things done faster if we got the cash flow. You know, other than that, we're uh, you know we get it where we can. Um, and fortunately, we've had a good uh, jump on it with people that donated already some significant amounts yeah. that got us started right out the gate. Good. You know, kind of pushed us in the firing order, I should say. Yeah, you know. So um, then uh, on. Hands on, yeah. Anytime, you know, anybody can come down here. We can teach you if you don't know what to do. You know, there's nothing. There's no job you can't do down here. Yeah. You know, if you want to push a broom, that's fine. If you want to clean, that's fine. If you want to learn how to turn a wrench, we can do that too, or okay. how to read drawings. Anything, just questions. You want to learn something, they'll teach you down here.
0: Are there certain nights you have, like crew
2: nights for the boat? Yeah, Tuesday. Tuesday night is the big night for during the week, and Saturday is the heavy hitter day where a good portion of the day is spent working on the boat. Tuesday's just nights. Uh, Other than that, it's sporadic here and there. Real dedicated guys might pop in and finish a specific project, but Tuesdays and Saturdays are the biggest ones.
1: Okay. For those also that don't know where it is, it's down in the Kent area. Yes. Just uh, north of the Boeing, large Boeing uh, complex down here. And uh, you've got every hydroplane practically that's ever run that was in the championships and in the strong uh, fellowship of the racing teams uh, right here at the museum in seattle it's the largest museum of any hydroplane or uh, organization in the whole world yeah right here in the city of seattle
0: yeah, yeah i'm surprised how many people still don't know about it that's after all these years and that's it's, they have so much so much memorabilia boats yeah everything with the sport that anytime i'm
1: here i, I always see something new right so it's always, there's always new stuff that pop up and a lot of film uh, that mm-hmm. they run on the cameras here that on the yeah. projectors and that people can see all the time that they're running. Yeah. yeah, fantastic.
0: Well, with this Squire shop, do you have a target date to have it ready? Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow, all right. <laughs> yeah,
1: Perfect. that's a target right. <laughs> well, I got well, going on. like awesome. every target. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we were hoping to have it ready for Fair this year. It was the 40th anniversary, so <laughs> yeah, 40th anniversary, but we came up a little short due to some part shortages. Um, but we're gonna take our time now, for the rest of the year, we're gonna. Get, I would say the boat would be done around early springtime, and then we'll, uh you know, do a couple practice crew runs on it. I mean, like you know, practice putting on wings, practice skipping, just yeah. basically like a pit crew trial trials out here in the parking lot, whatnot. But yeah. um, I would expect to see it in the water, you know,
0: springtime possibly. All right, awesome. Will your wife finally get the ride then?
1: After all years? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That'll be up to the driver, <laughs> and that'll be up to... Uh, you know, I get asked that all the time. The hydro and, museum uh, and other things. And yeah, the insurance
2: companies. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, that hope may...
1: that we hope she will. It's, someday
2: she will. I, I don't yeah. know if she will the very first time right yeah. like that, but yeah, she's looking forward to it. Well,
1: they have it. put a uh, like a Stan Sayer seat in there. It's co-pilot. Okay, and, okay. Uh, well, fantastic. So they will be giving rides. Oh, cool. Well, I know they can't
0: do that with the Atlases and some of the other boats they have, so it's nice to be able to do that with this boat.
1: This boat was organized by Gary and ourselves to uh, make it possible. It's a big cowling
2: on this boat, you know. Yeah. It's pretty big, so. Yeah, it's
0: a wide cowling. (laughs) Awesome. Well, uh,
1: Bob, how how much have you been involved with this process? Quite a bit. Yeah? Quite a bit. I bought a boat uh, about five years ago, uh, which... uh, was one of our boats, mm-hmm. and it's the sister model to this boat. Uh, it was the Circus boat, and when we went to the World Cup, uh, one of our boats uh, was flipped on Lake Washington beforehand, and luckily we were able to get it. and uh, And Bill Bennett of uh, Circus Circus gave us the honors of buying it yeah. and uh, released it to us, and <clears throat> so it's uh, yeah. We have that. We I purchased it and. Uh, uh, and Gary bought the other one, so we have cross parts and things mm-hmm. of that sort we can use off of it. Okay. And I think in the future they hope to even make it a Circus Circus build. Oh, so. That would be cool. Be really fun. Th- 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 so did that come from Bardish
0: in Detroit, the Circus yes. hall that you purchased? Yes. Okay.
1: It was in a museum yeah. for quite a while.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and he still has quite a few parts oh, and, and pieces of it. He uh, <laughs> decided he wanted to get rid
1: of some of them, Yeah. Uh, so yeah. that's well, one of them he released. Yeah. So
0: yeah. He's got to pay the bill for racing now, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, how, how did you get involved in, in the sport of hydroplane racing? You had your own team for many years. How did you get into the owner seat?
1: Well, it's, yeah. our employees, as we built our company bigger and bigger, it started right here in Seattle when uh, Nordstrom had one store. The Squire shop that I opened uh, had one store. Nordstrom had two stores, it had two stores, and before, when we got up to about, when we were around 35 or 40 stores uh, through five states, including Alaska, Uh, the employees, we just, it was a sport that's exciting. It was a great item for so many people. I could never understand why a lot of people never, or to this day, do not sponsor a boat or own it. And I thought, no, we're gonna control this uh, under our own ownership. So we had a little more control of what happens. Yeah, and uh, the uh, most all owners put their name up there, bright and shiny. And uh, the Squire shop <laughs> was for the employees only, and for the public, and for everybody, the fans. And it's the number I got at the uh, national meeting, which was the U2. It was uh, the U.S. before, mm-hmm. and they were going to retire it. I wanted it because it meant you, too, the public and oh, the employees. Yeah. And we had display boats, too, that we had, and we put them in malls, and it just, it's its a big fan base. Yeah, It's a big fan base.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, I know it was really popular with a lot of fans.
1: Still, yeah. when they even hear what we're doing now and what Gary's done on putting a lot of this on uh, YouTube, on the different uh, <laughs> network areas, of, it's been uh, well even oh, yeah. some of the crews have come as far as New York to be, uh, to oh, wow. be involved. Wow, that's great. Yeah, it's h- kind of hard to believe it's been so many
0: years. That the museum's been around, yeah. and this is the first Squire Shop restoration, first big project for yeah. that team. It's, such, it's been such a big part of this area for the hydroplane
1: sport. It, this and the whole Northwest, and, mm-hmm. and even in all places. Even Alaska, they wanted a display bullet yeah. there, and wow. all over the other four states down here. Uh, we put them in their malls, they were all major malls, and, uh, and boat shows and everything else, and they were very popular, very popular. Yeah. And it was the employee's boat, and they saw, and they saw that on the malls, and people <laughs> going up to it and coming in and saying, "Was well, that your, that's your boat out there? You know, it just made me proud to know that our employees were getting something out of yeah. it. Well,
0: it's very special.
1: It's yeah. very special. Well, you you
0: were part of a racing team. You owned a racing team from '77 to about '86, mm-hmm. so almost a decade there. Uh, what 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 were some of your highlights for owning your own racing
1: team? Well, one just like I mentioned, it was it was a sport for the team for the employees. We would be in Tri Cities and we would be in Seattle, for instance. Our employees from all stores, from uh, Alaska all the way down to the force in the Northwest area here, we ran contests. And they could bring their family, and um, mm-hmm. be supported by the people of the company uh, to come and be able to stay there, mm-hmm. and see the races. That uh, we had a grandstand in Seattle, a grandstand over in Tri Cities. We also, um, uh, it, it was just, it, it was just a lot of heart feel for me to see how they loved their company like I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay.
0: So would you say it those- was? <clears throat> Probably your favorite part of owning the boat is just the connections you made and Absolutely. giving back to the people Absolutely. of the area.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Well fantastic. We need more owners like you around, that's well, for sure.
1: Uh, it was an honor to be an owner.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was an honor to be an owner. Well do you, in all those years, do you have any regrets being in the sport, of any part of that?
1: No, I saw the sport grow uh, when, it, when I uh, became a, a, a strong member going ahead with it was when the first team of all the people, I belong to Seattle Yacht Club, and they for years put the race on and helped put on the race for connections with Seattle. And when they pulled out and then it things, generations changed uh, like the Sayers and people like that, they were gone by that time. And I just felt uh, uh, seafare as well as the racing uh, across the country needed a stab in the arm a little the Seattle uh, PI and Times got on me and said, well, why did you buy a boat? Don't you know the sport's dying? I said, the sports <laughs> isn't dying. It's just starting. Yeah. And uh, I said, if there's, they want to move it uh, over on uh, Puget Sound, and I said, well, uh, if they don't want hydroplanes, we'll run it uh, down in Renton, or we'll run over in Kirkland, or we'll run somewhere else, because those are all parks. Yeah. And they said, well, you can't run on, you can't run on those parks and you can't charge on those parks. So my dander got up a little more. <laughs> and so my comments drew Seafarer to come to me and saying, okay, you talk a lot, um, put your money where your mouth is, what do you think we can do? I said, first off, you can charge on Lake Washington, and they said, you can't. I said, well, there is no such word as can't. You just got my dander up even more. I said, number two, you need a sponsor. Well, why don't you step up and be a sponsor? I said, I will step up and be a sponsor. We docked a little, and all at once they decided that Seafair was going to be called the Squire Shop Seafair. And we put up the money.
0: Yeah.
1: I went to the governor of the state of Washington, and they attached a bill that all parks on that four days can charge. Oh, okay. And so... Seafair was re-lived again. I put them in one of our buildings. We uh, organized uh, under uh, some of the people that have been very heavily involved mm-hmm. and uh, in racing, and we put it together. We took seven instead of a 100 and some people that had input back and forth and put it together, and Seafair is running today. Oh, yeah. And we go up and down in the sport like every other sport right now. Every sport being challenged. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. Very heavily. Oh, yeah. And uh, the Seafair race just held in Seattle this year uh, had a lot of more, a lot more people, a lot more interest, and a lot of it's younger. I've, it had a lot of young people there, yeah. and uh, they opened the bridge. They did not. the The Angels ran this year, and they opened the bridge as well, and that allowed people to come more than just when they locked up the bridge, running four or five different times. They closed the bridge when the Blue Angels were flying. And I think that was a big asset.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. That's a good point. I didn't think about. But I, I was there all weekend, and I was surprised that it did seem fuller. much. It, it seemed much more crowded. Much. More it was. Crowded. It was. It was really great to see that, especially during the racing times. Like it was the whole day people were staying. And it I was
1: and I pat, Gary Laws here over, uh, <laughs> getting, online with the. Uh, uh, what we're doing with the hydroplane and promoting unlimited hydroplanes, period, and the yeah. total event, period, and I think uh, I'm in my 80th year, year of life, and, uh, but I am still have a lot of energy to support this, and I'm glad to see younger people coming yeah. into it. Yeah, well, fantastic. Well, I'm, I'm so glad you're a part of it still. Well, thank you. I'm yeah. very happy to be part yeah. of it, because I see a lot of life uh, of people just watching them build a boat. That just yeah. I come down here and watch them build it yeah. and support them. Uh, I don't know if other owners have gotten that interested in it or not, but I have. Good. I'm here for them, and, uh, yeah. and, I'm, and they're excitable people. Yeah. And that's what makes me excited. Good.
0: Well, Hedge Plane yeah. Racing has been part of my life since day one, so it's, I'm happy that there's a lot of enthusiasm around the sport because I could, could see it going the other way. I want to make sure that my yeah. son has a future with it as well. Yeah, I can share that with him.
1: Well, believe yeah. me, it takes all of us. Yeah. to, in the competition that's going on in the world of everything, uh, hydros are alive. Good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, talking
0: more about your legacy with uh, hydrogen Racing um, at the end of '86 season, uh, you left the sport, sold your your team to Jim Harvey, right? Desi Alberto, uh, old boy Alberto. I'm um, just curious, what was your influences to um, end your ownership?
1: I felt it's time, Uh, I I planned, I got in, uh, started the Squire shop uh, in one store at Northgate Shopping Center, very small store, and uh, that was in 59. And I had decided in my life I was going to work so many years. It was a whole new type of store. Uh, It was come from men's stores to where I opened a varsity store for young people. And when I did that, that was an excited part for my life to start something new. It was very successful, and I'm happy we could try to put something at be reasonable prices to great brands and be able to bring it to people, young people. And it was very successful, and if we were there today, we'd still be showing them. <laughs> and, uh, but the coming to the part of my life, I figured around 50 to 55 or 60, I was off into doing other things, which I have done. Mm-hmm. Boards and everything else, from real estate to everything else, being okay. involved. Okay.
0: Well, I, I know you've had, I believe you had five holes that you owned That's throughout right. your, your decade of racing. Um, does this 79 square shop hold a special place in your heart?
1: Yes, because uh, it was, we had a boat that originally I leased uh, from an owner, just like a number of others do, and they put their name on it. And once uh, it got going, I could see the employees were very excited, as I mentioned before, and the public. And I figured at that time, I wanted to have our own crew and our own uh, ownership Mm -hmm. of having a boat, and that's why. So this, this brought up where Chip Hanauer, this was when he joined the Squire, this was one of the first beforehand, one of the hulls that we leased, was owned by other people and I just wanted to, for employees, have our own and, and have it where we could take it around. And so one of them, the, the boat, we used as a display boat. We bought a Lincoln Thrift, another boat, and we bought other boats and we put them in malls. Mm-hmm. And it just was, it was a great thing to have with Chip being a full-time uh, in, uh, member of, run, of, being the pilot of our boat and also was our personnel director and he went out and PR'd and the employees, and we had uh, boats in the mall. So that it just it just excited me and excited the employees, and I excited Chip a lot too. Okay. He went on to win gold cups and everything else, and yeah. and it was an honor to have him as as our driver.
0: Yeah, yeah. Not not only was he a fabulous driver, but he was such a great advocate for the sport oh, and for your team, wasn't he?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, fabulous young man.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I was watching through looking through the video vault last week or so, and I saw a video of him on J.P. Patches' show. And oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He <laughs> so he was <laughs> looked like he was going all over the place to, to yeah. advocate for hydroplaning. He did. He did Shop. a lot of... A yeah. lot
1: of uh, yeah. J.P. was a character, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, Chip uh, was a great ambassador and still is, and, and uh, still sitting oh, yes. on the hydro scene today. So. Oh, yes, he is.
0: Well... Speaking of Chip and your drivers, you've had many fantastic drivers uh, in your tenure with the team. Uh, you had Jerry Bangs, Chip Hanover, Earl Hall, Tom DeEath, Mickey Raymond. Uh, what was your process when you were selecting a driver for your team? Was there a certain thing you were looking for, um, different qualities you took into consideration? Well, okay. well, I don't know about you, but I love a good cliffhanger. And I hope you enjoyed episode 14, part 1 of my interview with Bob Styles and Gary Laws. It was a lot of fun talking with them about the Shop Hydroplane, but I hope you come back October 8th to hear part two of our Shop interview with both Bob Stiles and Gary Laws. It'll be released October 18th, Tuesday, at 5 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button on your podcast player, as well as rate and review your experience. For more episodes and Hydroplane news, check us out on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Ruchatel Talk is now online with our website, www.ruchateltalk.com. On the website, you can sign up for email subscription list to get notifications on upcoming episodes, hydro news, podcast ep- updates, podcast updates, and much, much more. Finally, this is a free podcast to my listeners. But if you're really enjoying your experience listening to RichTale Talk and want to help us continue to grow and expand, please donate. You can find a link to donate through PayPal on our website through the support tab. So until next time, I hope to see you at the races.